Welcome back to another Last Dance episode recap. Episodes 9 and 10, the two last episodes of this Last Dance documentary. Of course, we're joined with our NBA expert, Jonah Gutherman. Jonah, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me again. Yep, so this will be our last uh, our last podcast of the Last Dance documentary. So I guess you could say, as you referred to earlier, Jonah, it's our last dance as well. Our last, yep. <laughs> so uh, let's get right into it. So we're going to start with talking about MJ's famous flu game, Game 5 of the Finals versus the Utah Jazz. So obviously, yeah. as a lot of people know, Game 5 of the Finals versus Utah was MJ's famous flu game. But what a lot of people don't really realize is that it was actually food poisoning. So he, he had flu-like symptoms, but he actually had food poisoning. So you could tell that MJ didn't look well, but somehow, some way, typical Jordan finds a way to keep the Bulls in the game, scores 38 points on the biggest, sta- biggest stage against the Bulls' toughest opponent in the Jazz. So can you yeah. just talk about uh, MJ's will to succeed and how that was epitomized by the flu game? Yeah, definitely. So obviously we see, um, you know, here, obviously the flu game was, um, you know, like you said, one of his most iconic games ever, if not the most iconic game that MJ ever played in. And, um, you know, they talked about, uh, he talked about himself in the documentary. MJ was said, you know, I felt sick all day. I was in bed all day. Um, you know, he, he really, he couldn't, he didn't want to move. He couldn't feel like, you know, he couldn't really move. He wasn't, he was feeling obviously horrible. Food poisoning can be, can be rough. And, um, you know, his will to succeed in this game, I think, obviously, it was a crucial game five. The series was tied 2-2, um, you know, as we were told in the documentary. And, you know, this was this was a crucial, crucial game five. Most game fives are pretty crucial, especially, you know, when the series is tied 2-2. So I think, um, you know, MJ knew that if the Bulls were to lose this game, that would put them in a, really in a tough spot. Um, even going back to Chicago, but still, you know, it's 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 much harder to be, you know, down three games to two rather than up three games to two. So I think MJ, um, you know, he knew that uh, his Bulls needed to succeed. They needed to, you know, win this game in order to have like, a, the, you know, the best shot to win the finals. And he stepped up and did it. And I believe, uh, you know, he scored the 38 points, which is obviously incredible. Sick or not sick. And, you know, he was did it sick. And I believe he played 44. Four minutes, give or take, um, which is insane. I mean, even you know, guys today that play the most minutes, you know, Harden, LeBron, uh, etc. You know, even they don't play usually forty-four minutes. That's, I mean, ridiculous. He had very, very, very minimal rest, which is makes it even more impressive. And it just shows you, you know, I think part of the documentary they just wanted to show you how seriously, like, superhuman his basketball ability was. He was like just so above. He could rise to the occasion on any time, any given game, and it was just, it was pretty unbelievable to see. Yeah, no, it was, it was really incredible. I mean, most people can't score 38 points in the game. He's doing it while having flu-like symptoms. Yeah. You could tell that, I mean, just looking at him that he didn't look right. Oh, yeah, no. I I don't know if the Jazz coach was joking, but after the game, he made a comment like, oh, wait, I didn't even know he had, uh, he had the flu or what they thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they didn't. Um, the I mean, he played like nothing was wrong with him. Which yeah. Is the well, he did. No, he did actually. Well, you're right, but he did. They mentioned start off the game a little rough. I think. I think he was missing shots a little bit in the first half, um, or at least the first quarter. I think he started off a little rusty. They showed an air ball, but um, but no, obviously, then he did pick it up and you know became himself. Yeah, and fast forwarding to the very next game, game six of the yeah. finals of that year. So what do you think about Steve Kerr's game-winning shot in that game six versus the Jazz uh, and what it says about MJ's validation of trust 
for Steve Kerr. Yeah, so absolutely. I think um, I think that was obviously, well, obviously it was really impressive all around between, um, you know, Steve Kerr and MJ and, and the rest of the team that was, uh, you know, playing during that time. Um, I think obviously they mentioned uh, in episode nine that, you know, Phil Jackson, uh, Bulls head coach, of course, uh, wanted MJ to take the last shot in this situation. No brainer. You know, it's it's Michael Jordan. You're going to, you, if you have Michael Jordan, you're going to want him taking the last shot on your team. And, um, and, you know, MJ was maybe planning on taking the last shot and maybe he, you know, he did intend, I think, to pass the ball to Steve Curry. He said, Steve, I'm going to try to find you. And, uh, and Steve Kerr was excited. Um, cause you know, he, he's not, not, he was a role player, of course. And, um, you know, Jordan actually was, he was, this, I think this showed a very selfless moment for MJ. I think he, um, you know, he had the courage and the confidence, um, to pass that ball to Steve Kerr when he was double teamed. He said, I knew Steve was open and, uh, and Steve hit the shot. It was a huge shot and, um, it won them the finals. I think that's all you can say. I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. That's one of the things about having a star player that, is MJ's caliber mm-hmm. is you're going to attract the whole entire defense to you. And that last play of the game, everyone knows who's getting the ball. Yeah. So to give it to Kerr and kind of surprise everyone, he was open. And as a good shooter, he had the confidence that he would be able to make that shot. Absolutely. So um, it definitely said a lot about Steve Kerr's shot making abilities. Oh yeah. So, yeah, no, that, that was definitely a cool moment to watch kind of. Uh, I know MJ talked a little bit or Steve Kerr talked a little bit about his, uh, they, how he had that connection with his uh, with MJ about their fathers both passing yeah. away at a young age. Yeah. Um. I know MJ wasn't really emotional and personal like that. Uh, he wouldn't talk about off the court stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they never got into that. But uh, I th- kind of think they had that bond. That, yeah. Yeah. It was sort of like an it, like a like a silent bond. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's interesting. It's obviously it's sad. It's really you know sad stories both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Father. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now moving on to the '98 Finals, which again was featuring the Bulls against the Jazz. Yeah. So when they the Bulls went into this Finals in '98 on short rest, and they were taking on the same Jazz team as the year before. So, yes. do you think this gave the Jazz more confidence than any other team that the Michael Jordan and the Bulls faced in their Finals run? Yeah, I, I you know that's a good question. I'm not positive about whether it gave them more confidence because I think. Um, you know, obviously they, uh, you know, the Bulls in ninety, give me a second, ninety six defeated the SuperSonics, I believe, in the finals. Um, and uh, I think that was, you know, they did give them a little bit of a fight, but I think that the Bulls sort of know they knew they had that finals win in the bag in ninety six. And um, you know, the Jazz uh, coming back, you know, uh, same teams squaring off for the second year in a row. Um, you know, maybe I guess it, it, yeah, I guess it, it must have given them more confidence because, um, you know, they they'd seen this team before. They knew sort of their strengths and weaknesses. Um, of course, John Stockton, legendary point guard, talked uh, a little bit about it in the documentary. I thought it was interesting. We didn't really hear, I don't think, anything from Carl Malone uh, of the Jazz, but um, yeah, I think they probably did definitely have more confidence. And um, yeah, I mean. The Bulls, um, you know, they were able to to beat them again, and um, you know, they they did it. Yeah, I know John Stockton talked about when he was being interviewed how he kind of thought of that team, and I think a lot of his teammates did as not oh the Chicago Bulls with MJ Jordan, they're impossible to beat. He thought of them just like any other team, and that's really yeah. the approach you had to have in order to try to uh, have a shot to beat them. Right. So, yeah. 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 No, they they pushed them to the brink. I mean, to Game Six, and obviously. 
you know, which we'll talk about in a second, NBA's yeah. last shot um, to seal his uh, seal the deal of his six NBA finals. If yeah. that if that uh, if that shot didn't go in, I mean, who knows what would have happened Game Seven in yeah. a raucous, raucous like, Jazz arena? I mean, that place was that place was so loud. Oh yeah, crazy though. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So now moving on to more about the finals. This time we're actually gonna rewind to talk about Game Four of the '98 Finals. So yeah. as if the Bulls drama wasn't drama-filled enough, obviously with the main drama-filled character, Dennis Rodman, he disappears before Game 4 of the NBA Finals to to participate in a WWE match. So, and then we witness, which is even more, which is equally as crazy, I think, which I thought was really amusing. Rodman has this great escape from, like, hundreds of media members as he hops onto a car with the media chasing after him right after his practice. Um, the media were trying to get a glimpse of him, talking to him about why he skipped practice and all that. Robin makes this mad dash out, gets on the highway, gets in the car, and speeds away. So, yeah. I mean, would you really expect anything less from Rodman? I, um, no, I, I really wouldn't. I think that was, um, you know, that sort of kind of showed us who Dennis was as a character, um, just, you know, his personality. Uh, I think he was, um, a little, he was unique in terms of, uh, his personality. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting uh, the way he sort of just kind of, you know, just left and went and did his own thing during, during these, during this finals. Um, I saw, I think it's very interesting. This is a good thing to mention. Uh, I saw someone mention actually on Twitter during the, the whole, you know, episodes going on. Um, someone said Dennis Rodman is the perfect example of someone who says or feel or does, you know, gets their work done effectively in a job and, tells them pretty much don't bother with me outside of the job which is interesting because I guess that's true and I I think that is definitely true but at the same time you know was that really a nice thing for him to do you know kind of just just kind of ditching the team like that no obviously not and you know you you know he goes um missing kind of and um you know I, I like you said I kind of I kind of wouldn't expect anything less I mean I guess he was that kind of was just who he was as a guy yeah, it was like he's two-faced. I mean, he's completely yeah. different on the court than off the court. Oh, yeah. A lot of the time when they were showing uh, the documentary film, it didn't seem yeah. like Robin really talked at all when they had the cameras on him uh, yeah. during, during like, the, 90, the 90s Bulls run. Um, so it was kind of like you have this guy at practice, and then he just turns on you, and there's this completely different person off the court, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, no, he, he would have definitely fit well with today's NBA Twitter. It would have made yeah, oh, yeah. up. <laughs> So uh, back to game six of the NBA finals of mm-hmm. the 98 season, as we were talking about before. So even though MJ hit this game winning shot, the iconic shot in game six to seal a deal for a six straight, uh, his sixth championship. Do you yep. think that uh, he has to give a lot of the credit to Scotty Pippen for that win? Because Scotty played through a back injury and really left it all on the court that game. Yeah, I think, um, I think definitely. I mean, of course, Scotty was, you know, he was sort of the, the, I guess you could say, you know, the, I guess Robin to his Batman, you know, for MJ. Um, he was, he was definitely obviously an extremely integral part of their team, their success throughout all of the nineties. Um, you know, he, um, he played through, through a tough, you know, he obviously was not himself with the back injury. Like you mentioned, uh, I think MJ definitely owes some credit to Scotty. I mean, Scotty's stats, um, obviously were not as flashy as MJ's, you know, it was not the 40 points, you know, whatever like that. But, um, Scotty was there. Um, he's a very solid defender. Um, really good passer, obviously. Um, and uh, no, I think definitely MJ 
um, owes Scotty some credit because he was, you know, he was there battling with them through uh, through all the games, lose wins, losses, and um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we had the similar uh, similar scenario. It looked like it was going to turn out this way when Scotty Pippen in the finals, I think a few years earlier, had that horrible migraine, couldn't play. I don't know if that was the finals or the playoffs, but sometime in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and Jordan definitely felt a little slighted on that uh, on that end, not having Scotty there with him. So right, right. I think Scotty kind of redeemed himself by being able to fight through this back injury in Game Six and uh, yeah, pull it out, and obviously winning Game Six of the Finals for their sixth championship. Yeah, yeah, like you're saying, like exactly his his you know toughness, his <clears throat> grit, and um, sort of the um, oh my god, the Determination, yeah, and his um, resiliency, I guess, to, to continue fighting. Yeah, that I think that was very impressive. That was something really important to MJ, that, that he loved to have his teammates. You know, they needed to be resilient. They needed to be um, tough, gritty. They needed to know how to get the job done. And that's what, uh, you know, MJ tried to instill in a lot of his teammates through, you know, maybe not the nicest behavior, but he was. He, I think MJ truly deep down was a good teammate, and he wanted his teammates to succeed. Let's end on this. So... Episode 10 ended with MJ, you could kind of tell that MJ had the regret of not being able to try for a seventh title with the Bulls team, but yeah. of course Jerry Reinsdorf broke the team up instead, citing that he wouldn't be able to pay all the guys what they were worth and keep yeah. them all together. So mm-hmm. kind of what do you think about this, that situation, and do you think all those guys could have came, come back and won a seventh title? Yeah, no, this is great, great point to end on um i think uh yeah i mean i do think a lot of them may have wanted to and could have definitely come back and probably won a um a seventh title of the of the decade you know um uh obviously jordan uh mj said himself that he probably would have signed a one-year deal definitely and um you know if some guys i guess were willing i i don't know if it was quite as common back then as it is today but you know we hear of guys like kevin durant you know at one point took a pay cut Steph Curry took a pay cut. I know like Ray Allen or Dwayne Wade took a pay cut at some point. So I don't know if guys were willing to necessarily take pay cuts th- back then to get, you know, all the same pieces assembled back on the roster. But, you know, if I, I sort of have no doubt in my mind that if, uh, if MJ, Scotty, Dennis, and, uh, you know, definitely some of the, the supporting cast were able to return, for the 99 season, um, I think the, or 98, 99 season, I think the Bulls definitely would have had a, definitely a shot at, at a seventh title. And if they, if all, you know, it, it just, it, it strikes me in my mind as crazy because if they would have stayed, let's say all of them would have stayed for, for let's say three more years, could they have even won two more titles, two or one or three? I mean, it's crazy. You know, they were, they were so hard to stop for so many teams. Of course, the 72 win team, um, I mean, they were incredible, and I think it just shows us that, like, they, they, you know, they just won, 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 and won championships. And I think comparing them to the, um, you know, the twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen or twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen Warriors uh, is it's a good comparison, but at the same time, I don't think the Warriors were or will be considered when it all goes uh, down as I don't think the Warriors will be considered as quite as dominant of a dynasty. Uh, as these Bulls were, because these Bulls were pretty much untouchable. Yeah, I don't think we can uh, quite go there yet to compare the Warriors yeah. to the Bulls, but they definitely had yeah. similar turmoil. In terms of- oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah. So, uh, well, that will wrap it up, guys. That's 10 episodes giving us a rare glimpse into the backstage life of greatness. Fans young and old were able to witness MJ and the Bulls dynasty through 10 hours of never-before-seen footage. <laughs> 
giving us a perspective of what really went on during Chicago Jordan's Chicago tenure. Jonah, as always, thanks for coming on, and we'll see you here next time on Deep in the Pocket.